Welcome to the caverns of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Did I sound like the guy? You sounded like the guy from 976 Evil. <sighs> the movie that we're watching or talking about today from 1988? Yes, 1988. Um, it was directed by Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger. Yeah, another movie we need to watch. Oh my God. Yes, the first Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like that was like transformative terror at that age. Transformative terror. <laughs> so, but this movie was not transformative terror. This movie was no. <laughs> transformative terror above. <laughs> 976 Evil. So, this movie, I think I actually added it to our list. Like, we made a list a long time ago of like mm-hmm. movies to watch. And because I do remember it, like, I remember watching it and being disturbed by it. And I always thought it'd be a good one to go back to, but I soon regretted the decision. <laughs> and you suggested it for this time. So, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I don't really know why I suggested it. I mean, I remembered seeing it, and I feel like we watched it on USA Up All Night. Oh, my God. Yeah, probably. Pick up the phone. <laughs> and I remember I remember <laughs> that they always would have these, like, are you looking for a hot date? Pick up the phone. Those commercials. For the yes. 900 number would always be on USA up all night. And then this movie, 976 Evil, mm-hmm. is about a phone hotline that you call for your horror scope. And no, Geraldo is not the voice of the horror scope. <laughs> Much to my dismay. It should be. <laughs> You're right. What a great tie-in. We were just like blasted with those commercials as children. I remember making a parody of one of those commercials for like a project in seventh grade. It did not go over well. The teacher didn't think it was appropriate for our age group. Oh my God. It was freaking hilarious. I had, because we were not in the same group, but we Mm -hmm. had the same project and my, and our commercial that we did, which was my idea was for, a uh, attorney mm-hmm. that you call when you're injured. <laughs> and I played the attorney. Uh, our friend had a giant trampoline. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, had her jump on it and, and act <laughs> like she fell. And then she went, ow! And then I was like standing in front of a desk and I was like, have you been injured? You know, I did the whole <laughs> spiel. Yeah, that pretty much sums up every commercial we saw <laughs> as children. And the other one I did was for we did was for weight loss. Like that's it. That's what we saw. Exactly. Sex, lawyers, and weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go on the weight loss pill. Mm-hmm. You have some sex. <laughs> And then you sue the weight loss pill company because you had a heart attack while you're having sex. Perfect. The trifecta. (laughs) Hello there. Looking at you, Fen Fen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we watched this movie probably on USA Up All Night, which I forgot was a thing, but that was like a huge thing. (laughs) Yeah. I just remember 
the thing that creeped me out the most about this movie that always mm-hmm. like stuck out in my mind was no offense to this actor, but mm-hmm. just the actor who played the main character, Hoax. Hoax. His name's like Stephen Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I just always felt like he was really creepy looking just to begin with. Not even once he became possessed or anything. There's just something about him that's always creeped me out. Yes. And he was the scariest part of the movie for me. Like, in my mind, like, something stuck with me about Mm -hmm. him of just, like, bad, weird vibes. Like, he probably had a dungeon in his house or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I do know what you mean. Something weird. Um, About you. Well, okay, so... I'm Holly. Oh, yeah. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and we totally got excited and forgot to say I'm that. Really but you probably that. already know that. <clears throat> this movie, I feel like, wasn't really scary when we watched it or anything. I was just sort of like, thought it was kind of funny mm-hmm. because it was so ridiculous. Here's the Here's the whole thing. So you call a number... 976 evil and you get your horror scope after you press 666 on your touch tone dial it's a pay by the minute number Mm -hmm. the voice comes on so you call the number a voice comes on and it tells you something that is like encouraging you to do a selfish deed that you've actually been wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And then if you do it, cool. When you call back, you'll get another selfish deed. If you don't do it, what the man on the phone suggests, then he gets really angry and he calls you back. <laughs> And he bullies you into doing what you don't want to do. And if you don't do it, then he explodes you through the phone. (laughs) So that's what's going on with this hotline. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The first thing that we see, like the movie opens with some random man in a business suit, like running out of a warehouse. We don't know what he's running from. Then he ends up in this dark alley with a payphone at the end of it. And it's ringing and he stares at it. He's apprehensive, but he goes to answer it. And then when he picks up the phone, basically like a charge goes through it Mm -hmm. and he gets ignited on fire and explodes out of the phone booth and dies. That made me think of how people are scared to talk on the phone these days. Mm -hmm. Like people have like anxiety, like when... (laughs) When their phone rings, that like I, like I've seen like research that people like are coming out about like people have anxiety when they have to talk on the phone because mm-hmm. everybody like people don't do it anymore, you know. And some yeah. and some people have grown up now that have they've never done it. Wow, that's never been the primary mode of communication. It's always been texting. That's so there's serious true. anxiety there. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> But it's so true. I'm going to use that as the reason that my niece doesn't like to talk to me on the phone. because it's less hurtful than. (laughs) Right. The fact that she just doesn't want to talk to me and she thinks I'm a nerd. Yeah. It's because she's afraid of the the actual technology of the phone. 
<laughs> she it's foreign to her. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. I feel some of that now too. It's like I actually still remember the point where I was like, Why would you text? Why wouldn't you just mm-hmm. call and tell them what you want to say? Like, why would you want to spend time typing it out? It'd be I can't so believe much I ever felt like that. Yeah. And now I'm just like, why is someone ever calling me? Yeah. I completely did a 180. Well, I don't hardly ever talk on the phone. I probably talk on the phone more recently than in past mm-hmm. years. But also when you talk to somebody on the phone, it's actually, it can be really nice. The issue, I yeah. think, is that there's always a point where you have to get off the phone. Mm-hmm. And if you're not used to talking on the phone, that I think that might be the part that's anxiety inducing of getting stuck on the phone. Yeah. And then it's ever so like when the phone rings, there's the potential that you're going to have to assert yourself <gasps> and say, I have to get off the phone. You're right. Is that what it is? I think you're nailing it. Yeah, I think that's the most anxiety provoking part. I know people that use like different excuses to get off the phone. Like I know someone that used to always say, Mm -hmm. and this is when people were used to talking on the phone, but she'd always be like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like she'd say that every time to no matter who she was talking to. I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And that was her thing. So she knew like, all right, when I'm done, this is what I'm going to say. And it worked. It was like a safe out. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to argue with a small bladder? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, I'll wait. Take the phone with you, you know. You're just yeah. going to let them go. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think oh, that's a huge you. source of anxiety for people. It is nice to actually talk on the phone sometimes. So certainly I do. Mm-hmm. We talk sometimes. I mean, we mainly talk mm-hmm. doing this now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I have certain friends that I talk to, like, pretty regularly through the week. And then my parents. But other than that, it's like, yeah, texting is the main thing. Yeah. And it's just more like convenient for whoever's receiving it. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they're busy? I always feel like, what if the person's busy and then I call them and then they feel obligated to talk to me and I've interrupted something that they're doing. But with a text, they can just respond at their leisure. Mm-hmm. It's less invasive and less demanding. Some people would probably be like, kids these days, you know, they don't even want to talk on the phone. But then it's like, okay, well, let's look at the reasons why you would have anxiety around talking on the phone. And most of those anxieties have something to do with potentially hurting the other person's feelings or inconveniencing them. Mm -hmm. How is that rude? And I've actually had that thought because a lot of times when I want to talk to somebody on the phone, I will text them first and be like, hey, you want to talk on the phone soon? Yes. Because I don't want them to feel the obligation of I have to call her back. Mm -hmm. If you're really busy, that can feel stressful. But I would have never, ever thought about the logistics of that growing up talking on the telephone and not texting ever and never even thinking of texting, except yeah. sending notes in class. 
Yeah, that was our text. <laughs> yeah, which is what texting is. <laughs> That's true. We spent so much time on the phone. We just spent like hours oh on God. the phone. I remember talking to you on the phone and then my parents would be like, didn't you just see her in school? Uh-huh. How are you still talking? What do you have to talk about? And it's like, I don't even know. What did what, we talk about? What did we talk about until? I have no idea, but we did. Yep. Our conversations for the show we put out there is a tiny amount of time that we're actually (laughs) hanging out Mm -hmm. when we record. So I feel like we're just having like a hangout session Mm -hmm. because it's, it's like an all evening affair. That's really fun. And like, we used to do that on the phone. Mm -hmm. We're just hanging out. So it'd be like sometimes like watching a TV show or at the same time, or like making fun of, a video together whatever basically some of the stuff we're doing now you're right <laughs> oh my god we're we're doing exactly the same thing now that we did in sixth grade only mm-hmm. in public <laughs> that is true <laughs> okay so back to the movie i guess so oh yeah look at the mom there's a domineering mother <gasps> mm-hmm. who is a religious fanatic 976 Evil is the story of Carrie, only as an 80s nerd. Oh, my gosh. You're right. I mean, isn't that what this is? Yes. You're blowing my mind. It's true. I mean, his mom hates sex. He, she, he gets, like, abused by her. She hits him repeatedly just like painfully dismissive mm-hmm. uh parenting where she's like hitting her teenage boy and being like you're wrong like yeah. you don't know and i do and that's her attitude did they show her hitting him like with the belt and stuff she's always like i'm gonna get my belt or my bitch i just remember her hitting him like on the, the shoulder and, and okay. on the head and like you know they're not like full on punches it's open handed oh, no. but that's like a that's oh it's so gross so uh boobs are dirty jesus is lord and uh all animal in- urges of humans are a thing of satan mhm this is his mom's spiel She's like this is like a um a playbook on how to raise a serial killer. She's so like, it is always the mom's fault. Exactly. <laughs> how it's always the mom's fault mm-hmm. if someone Very becomes good. a serial killer uh-huh. or if they become uh like schizophrenic or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's because okay. they had a frigid mother mm-hmm. or an overbearing mother. Basically moms are responsible for everything that happens it's always your fault you know why because you succumbed to the temptations of satan but the pope told me to i know (laughs) the pope says i'm selfish if i don't have kids so what am i supposed to do oh my god and then he's bullied at school Mm -hmm. so then so we cut to the "Quote unquote toilet shampoo," which I think is like one of the most evil things that you could do 
to a person and i think it's very odd how they show it in movies as though it's just like a it's just another bully prank it's in every movie it's in so many movies do you know anyone that's ever actually gotten um what do they call it a swirly or (sighs) what else do they call it I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've only heard no anyone who's ever had that happen to them. I don't that I've ever been told. You know, no one's ever told me that that happened to them. Yeah, let me put it that way. But if it did, <laughs> they happen probably to wouldn't. You, would you tell anybody? No, I would. I would try to scrub my brain Ugh. with a lot of hard drugs. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I know anyone that that's ever happened to. It's just like so predominant in the media that I'm like, mm-hmm. it's got to have happened to someone. But it's like every '80s bully mm-hmm. was pulling the shampoo swirly, <laughs> the toilet shampoo, the toilet shampoo. Ugh. So these four guys who are trying to be gutter punks, mm. uh, they're on crystal meth. They're high school students, and they bully Hoax, but they also play poker with Hoax's cousin, Spike, who is very not threatening at all. The fact Mm -hmm. that his name is Spike is kind of hilarious. So Spike has a gambling problem. That's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. He does not hang out with these guys except to play poker, and they all sort of just act like they're the rat pack. Like, they're, like, pretending to be suave playing poker. And I thought, that's so funny because they're dressed up like these dirty punk rockers, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only place we ever see them is in a bathroom, a graffitied bathroom, or at a poker table. Yeah. And the only place we see (laughs) these four dudes. And and in the bathroom, uh, the graffiti on the back says, eat pussy more often. (laughs) I just wanted to point that out. I saw the eat pussy part, but I didn't see them more often. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it even funny. (laughs) It's part of a healthy breakfast. (laughs) So he's in high school. He's Mm -hmm. a gambling addict already. So Mm -hmm. are these guys, apparently. Mm -hmm. I guess they work at the movie house. They always show the movie theater that's playing like horror fest. Uh, One of them runs the projector, I guess. And then while the movie's playing, they play poker. Yes. This movie is really boring. I felt like when I was a kid, I just thought it was silly. Yes. And I thought that it was like capitalizing on the satanic storylines. Basically, the story is that you call 976 evil and Satan takes you over. You get a demon. Satan is going to teach you how to become evil and channel the power of Satan through yourself so that you can have the things that are actually really rewarded and encouraged in our culture, which is power, sex, and money. Mm -hmm. These are all the things Satan promises. Oh. They're also the things that are completely rewarded in a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you're a Christian, you should be anti capitalist. I don't know if it works that way. <laughs> I don't think that pans out. <laughs> but yeah, theoretically, I guess that's true. 
Um, yes, this movie is boring. <laughs> With a capital B. So eventually he gets a ritual, Hoax gets a ritual uh, recipe over the phone. It definitely involves a salt outline pentagram. Mm-hmm. And a spider. And we're shown how sensitive he is because at first he can't kill spiders. He actually likes spiders and he puts a spider outside so that it doesn't, you know, get killed. Um, But then the next, you know, but then he's talking on the Satan line and next thing you know, he's sacrificing his own pet spider to terrorize a dirty Jezebel whore. Mm Mm-hmm. His words, not mine. Right. <laughs> to death. First off, I'm pretty sure she's a dirty Jezebel whore is like what every sexual serial killer's like ever said about <laughs> their victims. Um The dirty Jezebel whore <laughs> is so his cousin Hoax has a girlfriend and she's cute and like punk looking. He gets tired of spike gambling and not paying attention to her. And Hoax has a crush on her because She's a girl. In the beginning of the movie, you see that, like, Spike lives on their property mm-hmm. with Hoax and his mom, but, like, in a little garage apartment. And then Hoax will always be looking out the window and, like, seeing when Spike comes home and waving and sending, like, this weird pneumatic tube, like, a system that the banks use mm-hmm. to send messages over to his cousin. Like, yeah. hi, Spike. And Spike's like, hi, and then pulls the shades down, like, ugh. Why are you spying on me? I can see you with your, like, telescope peering into my window. Yeah, so when Spike brings his girlfriend (laughs) back to the apartment, the kid is peering into the window with a telescope watching them have sex. And then he sends a pneumatic tube message, like, while they're having sex. So he's not even trying to, like, hide the fact Mm -hmm. that he's doing it. Well, he doesn't know because he's been completely sheltered by his mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like she he doesn't have any social skills because she never let him be around anyone. Mm-hmm. Like that was my impression, you know. Yeah. I'm not blaming her for his whole life or anything, but no. I mean, come on, it does have an effect. And, and his mom is extremely dysfunctional. Yeah, She's like the born again baby Jane mm-hmm. from whatever happened to baby Jane. That's how I would describe Hoax's mom. I was kind of digging her. She's amazing. <laughs> she was reminding me of like Divine in Hairspray or something. She had like different wigs every day and like cat's eye glasses. And she always had like a different look going every day. Giant wigs and a lot of cats. Yes. Um, I feel like she's the ultimate cat lady. And I don't know. I was kind of becoming partial to his mom. Um, that's how Hoax gets like involved with this girl that's his Mm -hmm. cousin's girlfriend Susie and like Susie and Susie leaves after she has sex with Spike she leaves her underwear in his apartment and then they leave to go watch a movie which Spike ends up gambling through Mm -hmm. and but while they're gone um Hoax sneaks into his apartment and steals her underwear and of course he like grabs him and is like girl's underwear and he, like, walks over to the chair where they were having sex. I was afraid he was going to smell the chair. I swear to God, I smell the chair. <laughs> if he does, I'm turning off this movie. <laughs> that was, like, your breaking point. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my breaking point. <laughs> he didn't oh sniff the chair. He just touched it. 
And then he called the number. That's when he found the 976 <laughs> evil card that Spy Cat. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hmm, I'm feeling naughty right now mm-hmm. with what I'm doing. Let me call this number. And then that number tells him, like, basically go steal Spike's girlfriend. Then he goes and meets her and goes to pizza with her while Spike's gambling. And he's starting to think that she likes him. And she kind of is starting to like him a little bit, it seems like, maybe. Yeah, I don't think in, like, a sexual way, but I think yeah. she likes him, like, oh, I made a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, right. like, not as creepy as I thought he was. Because she thought he was creepy from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And Susie's actually super assertive and just, like, no-nonsense. She tells Spike, like... You're not paying attention to me, and I'm not putting up with this, so bye. Yeah. And she stands up to the bullies at the pizza place when the bullies come in. She likes to eat. I mean, Susie's awesome. I'm mad, and when I'm mad, I eat, and she's eating a giant pepperoni Mm -hmm. pizza. Because it's the 80s, and you have to have at least one pepperoni pizza in every movie. (laughs) Exactly. It's like a union (laughs) rule or something. (laughs) The pepperoni union. Big pepperoni. Demanded. <laughs> oh yeah. God, and so yes. then the bullies come in and they like beat up hoax during their mm-hmm. little date. And she was defending him, but then she saw that he had her underwear in his pocket. And then yes. she's like, Oh, I thought you were different, but obviously yeah. you're you actually are a creep. And then mm-hmm. she leaves. So then he gets mad at her because yeah. he got busted for being a creep. And then he puts yes. the spell on her to scare her because she's afraid of spiders, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And he only wanted to scare her, but then somehow she ends up dying from tarantulas crawling on her. Yeah. She dies when Hoax sacrifices his pet spider. Uh, yeah. It kills her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess because Satan. Right. Um, That's all you need to know. Yeah, basically. (laughs) It's weird that you're trying to figure out why things are happening, because it's really just (laughs) Satan. Right. You know I'll what quit. they say about Satan? He works in mysterious ways. Don't. I still have like <laughs> enough of the Christian upbringing in me that I get like antsy when people do stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it makes me tense. I should have said this in the uncovered, but I just thought of it. But so, okay, so this kid is going, Hoax is going on a killing spree now. Yeah. So he's, he's got getting, a taste for it. Yeah, he got a taste. He's super into the hotline, and he's going to kill everybody that has pushed him around. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his revenge. After it's all over, Geraldo's going to show up, <laughs> and he's going to say, look what Satan did. He made this kid kill his mother and all of these other people. Then Hoax is going to say, I don't know what happened to me. I just, (laughs) I started worshiping Satan and then I had a taste for blood. But people kill for God all the time. Mm -hmm. And no one goes, what, what is it about God that made you kill for him? Mm. Like apply all of these questions that Geraldo or any of these people are applying to why are you doing it, Satanist? Like, apply that to people who kill for God. Mm-hmm. Interesting point. There's a reporter 
Yeah, then doesn't he hold up like a badge at one point though? That does he said like investigator or something? <laughs> I got confused and I didn't care enough to rewind it. Just keep going. I think I must have dozed off at that part. When he's going to see the principal later, he like pulls out this badge, oh. and then I'm like, "Is he a cop? What is you know he? What he's an investigative reporter. He's clearly a rebel because he also breaks into the Satan Hotline building." Right. Where the calls are coming from. He's the Geraldo of the movie. Exactly. Only he's like, actually seems like he's a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's really the only one that's legitimately concerned about the people. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's my next big thing with this movie. Speaking of the reporter. The reporter finally gets his hands on this number and he's like those weird stuff's happening and he's following it around. He does the smart thing. He doesn't call the number. He figures out where the building is that the number is connected to. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the building and he is uh, interviews this guy, Mark Dark, who has all of these like rooms set up with different various hotlines And then he gets to this one room. Well, what's going on here? And it's this tape contraption. And he's like, oh, Mark Dark's like, oh, I tried to set up like an automated call service. But it didn't work. Like nobody called. And it's just been sitting there. Mm -hmm. The reporter wasn't buying it, you know, and he went back and... He sees it, like, in action. And so he, like, ends up saving the... But what's interesting about it is that I was like, well, this is, like, one of the first, like, blatant recognitions that, like, artificial intelligence is going to end up destroying humanity. Ooh. Because the machine is automated and has taken on a cognizance. Mm-hmm. So really, I feel like if you're a fundamentalist, you probably shouldn't be on the internet. Mm-hmm. Because if I've learned anything from 976 Evil, Satan loves to travel through the ethers, you know, that connect you to other people through like the phone line or the internet. The ethernet. So we should get off of the internet right now. Because initially, you know, Spike is calling the hotline, Mm -hmm. the horoscope hotline. But he doesn't do what he's told. He wants these leather driving gloves. Mm -hmm. And he calls the hotline, but he can't afford them. They were $20. Yeah, that's a lot then. Yeah. And... So he goes outside to the payphone and calls the hotline just like to kill time. And the guy on the phone's like, you're in command. Take what's yours. So he goes inside and he takes the gloves, but then he like immediately puts them back. And then the phone rings again. He picks up the phone and he's threatened. And then he hangs up the phone. He almost gets ran over, except the reporter is watching this whole thing and he saves them. He pushes right. them out of the way of the car. So then you realize like, oh, these other, you know, because they showed some other people picking up the phone, a pay phone that was ringing and then dying. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell is that about? 
but now we see like, oh, those were people that said, this is too far. I'm not doing what you're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm not choosing evil. But hoax, he couldn't help himself. The other thing that's interesting, though, that I do like about this is that, you know how hoax is doing things like constantly peeping his cousin and when he's having sex, stealing girls' underwear, really creepy shit. Mm -hmm. We look at that stuff and we're like, that's so creepy. But in the movie, you can like, they show you like the rest of his life of what's going on with him and how he's like really victimized and how he's using the peeping as a way to connect with another person. So to him, he's not going, I'm being a creep. I'm spying on my cousin having sex. He's going, I don't know how to do this. And it's right over there. So I'm going to look at it because it's exciting and I want to do it. And I want to be like my cousin. Spike. So if I'm like Spike, (laughs) he'll like me. So I'm going to study Spike from afar so I can be like him and then he'll like me. So you get Mm -hmm. to see how this like really creepy behavior is like born out of a sense of despair at feeling like consistently rejected and alone. Mm -hmm. Now hoax took the easy way out. If you want to call it that what he saw is like the quick and easy way out of his situation, which is to have power over other people and make them submit to his will because he feels in a lot of ways, it's very like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, how he was like, well, I just didn't want them to leave kind of a, I wanted, mm. a, I wanted a body that would always be there kind of a thing. It's like that level of uh, loneliness mm-hmm. that is one of the root sources of what we call evil deeds that we don't acknowledge. Mm-hmm. We just go, they're evil, they're monsters, they're assholes, they're narcissists, they're psychopaths. So let's just throw some labels on it and we won't even look at like what's really underneath any of this stuff. And it's like, just because I'm saying like Jeffrey Dahmer was like the loneliest fucking person ever, probably one of, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not like saying that it was okay what he did or like that I like him or something. I'm just saying yeah. like, well, what the fuck happened here? Right. How did this mess happen? And if you're going to go, it was Satan, you're never going to find any answers. And that's just like shown over and over again. It just creates more problems that feed upon themselves to the point where now with the latest satanic panic, it's the same thing over and over again. And there's people crying at the holidays because they lost their parents to artificial intelligence algorithm on a social media platform. Oh, I feel like... I didn't have much to say about this movie. It's just like boring. I kind of spaced out. I wanted, I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing this because it's been so long and I like remembered it so much. But then I was like, wow, this is so bad. And the best part was just like looking forward to seeing what wig his mom was going to be wearing the next day and her cats. Also, his mom said, Jesus loved the devil out of me. (laughs) 
which I thought sounded strangely erotic, which I think it was meant to. I like uh, that. <laughs> me too. So I did have a sums up the 80s quote. Oh, okay. So um, Mark Dark, he tells the reporter, what's happening in the USA? A guy can't make a buck anymore. Oh. And I thought that sums up the 80s. Some guys can't make a buck, and some guys are making all the bucks. Yeah. There was the image of there was a random woman who had her horoscope got out of control. And she was by a phone mart that was a store that only sold telephones (laughs) of all different shapes, varieties, and novelty. They all, the phones start ringing at once. Oh, my God. They just, like, explode at mass. The woman's standing in front of the store. And then the next thing you know, she's on the ground. And right next to her head is a lipstick red high heel phone. Ooh. Did you notice that? Mm Mm-mm. I thought, now that sums up the 80s. Yes. That or those phones that look like red lips. Mm. That's the other sums up the 80s phone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> those are the best. Or a Garfield phone. <laughs> Ooh, Garfield. <laughs> um. So my favorite quote of this movie was his mom was sitting at the table for dinner mm-hmm. with all of her cats on the table. And I think they were eating like tuna casserole and each cat had a plate and Mm -hmm. she was saying her prayer. And then she said, and please bless all the hungry pussies in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, For her pussy cat. Okay. Yeah. So that is also my just favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Of the movie. <laughs> not gonna not be. <laughs> oh my god, it's like she had a hungry because she never gets any sex. Yeah. She has a hungry <laughs> pussy. I just can't even say it. <laughs> it's so, like you have the message of eat more pussy and mm-hmm. then hungry pussies, and it's like Yeah. It's oh this gosh. is actually a very pro pussy movie. Well, wait, and then there's a part where the pussy's actually eating her. Yes. Because after her son kills her. That's right. <laughs> her cats are eating her. Like, yes. immediately, within yeah, hours. Immediately. It's they like, were like... <laughs> I hope it would take longer. I was like, Dan, how long do you think it would take before the cats would start eating us? And he's like, I don't know, maybe a couple of days. I would say three days. I hope they would have we- at least wait a few days. Yeah. I think Not just, would. like, instantly. Like, no. <laughs> that would be hurtful. I think it was like a run uh, ongoing joke. Yeah. The eating pussy. I'm just now getting it. And then pussy's eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the darkness and into the light. That's how I felt at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's like, finally. I'm out of the darkness. It's over. Yeah, so at the end, like, 
there's a big culmination scene and the reporter and the principal mm-hmm. from the school because the reporter like falls in love with the principal because she's like hot principal sure yeah yeah and they like get on the case together mm-hmm. and then they end up at hoax's house and mm-hmm. go inside and like the house is all frozen over which is like i don't know why it's frozen if he's shouldn't it be burning hell freezes over I think it was cheaper, technically, to make it look like everything was frozen than it was to set everything on fire. (laughs) Because there was no CGI back then. So Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, this is just like a play on when hell freezes over. It's brilliant. This will work. That was my take on it. Definitely. It's safer and cheaper. Yeah, that's good. And I mean... If there's one thing I know about Satan, he's a fucking cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. He he would say every expense is spared. So in the scene, then it's like there's finally his cousin Spike. Wait, can I just bring up one more oh, thing? Totally, yeah. I gotta go way back to the beginning. Yeah, so. go for it. Just hop all over the place. Hoax gets does the whole thing with like the spiders that's his first mm-hmm. dipping his toe into evil Rachel. and kills Susie for like not wanting to have sex with him then the next day at school he like goes to school and that's when he gets in the fight in the bathroom and grows the f- the like claws and everything and cuts oh. the boys open yeah yeah uh-huh yeah and then what were you gonna say no no go, go. I'm just excited because this was something I was wondering about mm-hmm. okay and then so he does the whole thing cuts the boy's face open and all that stuff i think that's when he sees the private investigator like talking to the principal looking for spike so then he goes to find spike and like tell him like hey someone's looking for you he like casually mentions like oh we could take these guys on like hoax has always wanted to fight these guys and he wants spike to help and he was like i'm gonna show them like i showed your girlfriend and then spike's like what and he's like your girlfriend i didn't mean to kill her i just wanted to scare her I think I must have spaced out or something because I don't remember any big reaction out of Spike when he said that he had killed his girlfriend. Like, what happened after that? I think that it was poorly edited. (laughs) Because to me, I could be remembering this wrong. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he told him that and then Spike was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, he's really like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And then it just cuts to another scene. No, that is what happened. Yeah. That's what happened. Cause later I was like, wait, I don't remember any like real repercussions no, for him no. telling Spike he murdered his girlfriend. Hoax took off mm-hmm. when he realized that Spike was not into killing people. <laughs> He was like, I might have to watch that again. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to take my my formaldehyde frog mm. dissection surgical gloves that have been busted through with Hoven Clough, Hoven Cloughs? <laughs> Cloven hooves. I'm just going to walk around like that. He wore those surgical gloves the rest of the movie. And that was the creepiest thing about this movie. Is every time I would see those surgical gloves, I would think he's had those on for so long and they <laughs> still have that disgusting formaldehyde frog juice all over them. Mm-hmm. You're right. He did. Because I remember the one scene when 
Spike was looking at his hand through the window and he was like doing something weird. And I was like, why is his hand so pale? And the glove was still on. Yeah. I kind of thought he was looking like for a minute, his hair kind of grew longer. He had oh, on that's that weird too. glove. His pants were short, like floods. And he was kind of giving me Michael Jackson vibes for a minute. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> No, I totally you look at it again. About. No, I get he it. He had the one glove and he kept using that hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, yeah, so that's funny. So the frog thing, that was really gross to me. Mm-hmm. And then it reminded me of like when we had to do that in school. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that now. It's like I've dissected humans, <sighs> but for some reason, like looking at that frog, like creeped me yeah. out more. Yeah. Made me think of the high school experience. Yeah. It was gross. It was gross. Okay. And then I'm just going to tell the story. I think I've already told it. You might have been there. Mm-hmm. But like when we had to do that, I really liked our uh, biology teacher. Yes. He was just like this gruff old dude. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had to dissect the frogs and my frog kept moving. Yes. And I told him my frog is moving and he's mm-hmm. like, that's just like a reflux or whatever. And I was like. But he's moving. Like when I touch him, yeah. he moves. Yeah. And then it happened a few times. And then finally he just came over to my frog and took its head between his finger yeah. and thumb and squished mm-hmm. its head. Yeah. And then he's like, no, it won't move. Yeah. That was very disturbing. It's like my frog was disturbing. still partially alive. Yeah. That wasn't just like muscle memory. No. His brain was still functioning. Yes. While I was starting to dissect him. Yeah. And then he mutilated the frog. Yeah. In front of you. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. That's terrible. It is terrible. I have I have a recollection of that. Because I have a lot of... Uh, like that whole... Well, first off, you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. We're freshmen in high school. And it's like our first big thing that we're doing is like mutilating a dead frog. Yeah. Or in your case, a partially dead frog. Right. Which also means a partially live frog. Yeah. So that's cool way to start school as a freshman. Like I, I remember thinking like, this is a really weird thing that we're doing. Like, why do we need to do this <laughs> to it's a frog? True. Like, I learned nothing from that that I couldn't have learned from looking at the diagram that we mm-hmm. had to memorize beforehand. Right. And, like, when is it ever important in your life to know <laughs> the inner workings of a frog? They could just have the model, like you said. Yeah. Or if they really insisted on reality, just have like one frog that's dissected at the front of class and then we all take turns looking at it. Why do we have to do it? Exactly. Well, then there was the fetal pig. Oh, my God. Did we do that? We did that. And we did that. You blocked it, I'm pretty sure. And someone like carved their initials in their pig, I remember. It's totally. Do it. Well, I mean, I felt traumatized emotionally from both of those um events of dissecting Mm -hmm. and i it just like kept adding to my experience of adults not being safe 
to be around. Mm-hmm. He grew up with doing science like in the 60s and 70s. Right. <laughs> and probably 50s. Like so that that was like prime time for weird animal <laughs> torture <laughs> as research. Mhm. So probably if he all things considered if he was the same person as much as possible today as he was then he would never think to do that cuz he just seemed like outside of that he really had a lot of empathy mhm he was actually one of my favorite teachers at the high school me too yeah so that must have been extra awful for you cuz he did that he did this thing that was very cruel Mm-hmm. in front of you yeah but i knew like at the time i wasn't mm-hmm. viewing it as him being cruel just him mm-hmm. being like getting the job done mm-hmm. and he thought that the frog was dead and it was just mm-hmm. like reflexive actions i mean at that point <laughs> what could you do it's not like you could revive the frog sure. it was best to put it out of its misery well yeah but it was just like a very <laughs> gruff yeah frank way to do it in front of me (laughs) and then just flop it back down like you could like you could have um he could have given you another frog Mm -hmm. and then gone in the back and done that that frog's getting a master's degree yeah he's with the mice (laughs) that went to college (laughs) yes oh Um, my god okay so anyway yeah that's it so in the end spike is like (laughs) Trying to convince Hoax to come back. He's like, Hoax, I know you're in there, blah, blah, blah. And Hoax comes back for a minute, but like Satan still has his grip on him. Oh, and yeah, so Spike gets him over to the window and the ground is cracked open to like open the gates to hell. And Spike throws Hoax into it and then yeah. he's gone. End of story. Like this movie didn't like have an impact on me <laughs> as a kid outside of just thinking like, Adults are kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, this movie didn't like scare me. I think we were already to the point of just like making fun of this. It was more just like the creep vibes from the actual yes. human being I was getting that scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the fingerless surgical gloves. <laughs> Those are the scariest parts. <laughs> um,. I think I've been forgetting to do questions. Like, I always forget them oh, until yeah. the end, but I don't even uh, think we've done them for the last we couple. Didn't, yeah, we didn't do one last time for sure. I know, and I think I forgot to do okay. a quote last time. Uh, it's been a year. It's been yeah. a few months, people. Like, yeah. we're sorry for inconsistencies, yes. but there's a lot going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Yeah, Sarah's extremely busy in real life. Yeah, I am in real life. Yeah. And just like very dramatic things have happened recently. Apologies. Sometimes it, we do kind of have to disappear for a week or two, but mm-hmm. we'll come back. Yeah, it's always for a good reason. Yeah. A legitimate reason. Yeah. It's not planned. It's not just like us flaking. There's things happening, but we always will come back to it. We get to talk to each other. Yeah, that's super fun. We're just reliving our sixth grade phone sessions, like you said. <laughs> exactly. Only now we're recording it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so questions. I guess I would ask, were you or any of your friends ever what would be considered like 
Were you ever like burnouty people that wore like pentagrams and anarchy signs and kind of like would be considered part of the satanic panic? Uh, and listen you to really like, weren't? you like listen to heavy metal music, maybe, you know, smoke pot. Mm-hmm. Somebody called you a burnout. Yeah. Is Were you, you a burnout? <laughs> we love burnouts. We I mean, we listen burnouts. to heavy metal music. <laughs> burnouts are cool. And I guess I just kind of know, like, if you were a burnout, were you ever, like, were you just playing a role into, like, anarchy or Satanism, but really you weren't? You were just mm-hmm. doing it to, like, get a rise out of people mm-hmm. or just have an identity or just to, like, mm-hmm. irk your parents. And on the flip side of that, have you ever been a Satan worshiper who drinks blood? In the traditional yeah. sense of <laughs> the Christian story of Satan. Gosh, that's a better question. Yeah, let's just ask for the real deal. Either way, were you a like Satanist light or were you a real <laughs> deal? Like a big fan of Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> and you're trying to get on his special <laughs> on Satanism in the U.S. Do you have a crush on Geraldo? And why? <laughs> <laughs> that's I want to know about that. <laughs> There's actually a 70s porn actor mm-hmm. named Harry Reams, mm-hmm. who really looks a lot like Geraldo. Ooh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm going to look him up. <laughs> Harry Reams, that sounds disgusting. Uh, I know. <laughs> Make a better name. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through our brief hiatus and our random formats. We're just having fun trying to entertain ourselves and you. exactly, And living our life in the meantime. And thank you for coming along for the ride. It's basically how I feel. Yeah, me too. Okay. (laughs) I'd I'd say ditto to that. Thanks. We're done? Ooh, I do have one more question. Oh, okay. I would love to hear your memories of USA Up All Night. That was a significant part of our, like, late grade school, junior high time mm-hmm. on the weekends. as like, making fun of the movies that they played on USA Up All Night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, see you next Tuesday? Yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget to um, rate, review, and subscribe. If you like our podcast, Mm -hmm. please give us a rating and please subscribe and please tell other people. Thank you for listening. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.